Now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Testing, testing, check, check, check. Hello there, this is funny lady Judith Lucy. Hi, this is Joel Creasy. Hey, this is Fiona O'Loughlin. Hi guys, McLaughlin here, that would be of the Craig variety. Hi, this is Shana Blaze. Hello, this is Tom Ballard. Hi, this is Melissa Capp. G'day, this is Scamo, Scott Morrison. Hi, this is Reese Nicholson. Hi, Gina Liano from the Real Housewives of Melbourne. Hi, this is Reese Maston. Hi, this is JC Fox. This is Kathy Griffin. Hey, this is Todd McCollum. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic. Hello everybody, it's Omar Rudberg, and you're listening to the Troy Murphy Show. Troy Murphy laughing at me in the other studio. Oh, he's dancing to my radio vet. Hello, Troy. The last couple of shows I've listened to the Troy Murphy show, I've nearly had a couple of accidents because my eyes have been watering with laughter so much. Is it me? Am I the problem? Surely I can't be the only one that thinks that the world is going bananas. With doctors last summer claiming the term morbidly obese to be ditched. Look, I understand morbidly obese is not a glamorous term, but unlike the morbidly obese lifestyle, one should not have to sugarcoat everything to explain that it's problematic. He's ready for his close-up. It's the Troy Murphy Show. Ladies, gentlemen, them, they and all, welcome to the Troy Murphy Show. I'm, of course, your host, Troy Murphy, and this, as the name suggests, is indeed, in fact, undeniably, is the Troy Murphy Show. Yes, that's right. It's that glorious time of the week again. Thursday nights from 7pm for the Sutherland Shire's very own radio station, 2SR 99.7 FM's most listened to program above all. That's right. It's the time for the Troy Murphy Show to grace the airwaves and bandwidth for an exciting adventure of talk until 8pm. The Troy Murphy Show, here's some information about us, is the Sutherland Shire's very own news, opinion and talk show covering everything from the fun news to the serious news of the week. We talk what's trending, what's happening locally and, well, the weird wacky news from around the world. It's a show with something for everyone on your Thursday night. And, well, let's do it. Let's dive into the show. Welcome, my friends, to 2SR's one and only over-opinionated talk show where here comes the disclaimer, the opinions presented on this show are that of my own and not the views of the stations or other presenters, all in accordance to the broadcasting laws from the CBAA. On the show this week, we'll take a look at Woolworths and their ban on Australia Day merch. Oh, un-Australian in my opinion. We'll cover that. We'll also take a look at the latest update for COVID-19 as well as the rise in crime across New South Wales schools. Hashtag that as something to get ranty over. We'll also take a look at Labor's failure to inform us, the public, on the release of criminal detainees, as well as uh, the Minister for Climate Change, Chris Bowen. 
He's called out the opposition leader this week for not having a policy on climate change. Does he forget that he's the one in government? It's not up to the opposition to have policy yet. Well, not until the election. Back to poly school for Bowen. We'll rant about that too. As well as the quick quiz, Sutherland Shire local news, what's on across the Shire, plus so much more. So let's do it. Let's dive headfirst into this week's show without any safety gear on, of course, because that's how we do things here on The Troy Murphy Show, responsibly, with the intent to have fun, to entertain, to educate, to inform, and share my opinions of the news of the day. Don't try this at home. It's not time to get outraged, people. Time to get outraged. Yes, as we kick off another week of the Troy Murphy Show. Last week. We covered Australia Day with the decision of several councils across the nation deciding not to hold citizenship ceremonies for the newest members of our nation on our nation's National Day. Yes, it became quite the heated rant with many of you writing in and uh, giving your opinion in support of, which I thank you very much. But the funny finding in all that is the councils, predominantly the the number of councils, the majority of councils who are not holding citizenship ceremonies, including the city of Sydney, were all the councils that spent their taxpaying residents' money on supporting the Yes campaign. Funny how that they've decided not to support uh, Australia Day after Australia voted no in the referendum. But now, but now it gets worse. It gets worse, ladies, gentlemen, them, they and all. Woolworths. Yes, no, this is not an ad for Woolworths. This is a critical news analysis of what they're up to. Now, Woolies has announced that they will not sell Australia Day-themed merchandise from all of its stores in the lead-up to Australia Day, citing, and I quote, a gradual decline in customer demand. The Woolworths Group, including its supermarkets and big W stores, will not offer any special Australia Day merchandise for 2024. This comes amidst a growing trend among retailers like Kmart, who have previously ceased stocking Australia Day-specific items in what they say is an effort to promote inclusivity. 
Well, I say it's not only not inclusive to sell Australian Day merchandise for all Australians on Australia Day, but that it's un-Australian not to. Hell woolies. You even sell hot cross buns the day after Christmas. Talk about, don't talk to us about being all moralistic. You're only ever in it for the cash grab. And if you're worried about a decline, the only decline in people buying your products is the fact that you only ever import in cheap crap made from China. I'm sure if you stock some decent merchandise, it'll be flying off the shelves. But anyway, that's not the point of this story. It's the fact that they they have decided not to sell Australia Day merchandise in the lead up to Australian because of a growing decline apparently in Australia. Well, uh, well, there is a recent study says the majority of Australians support moving the date, but it doesn't mean Australians don't want to celebrate Australia Day. So I don't understand on that logic why the Woolworths Group and Woolies stores and Big W would decide not to sell any Australia Day merch in the lead up to Australia Day. What happens if we move the date? Anyway, good news for coal shoppers. And I might be moving my business there, my weekly shop. Coles has opted for a more conservative approach, maintaining a small range of themed products. Interestingly, though, in my investigation into this story, Woolworths affiliate online outlet MyDeal continues to sell such products, but only through third-party sellers. Additionally, Woolworths has decided to allow staff the choice to work on the public holiday following confusion over their policy in previous years. So much inconsistency here with Woolies, and there's plenty more I want to rant on about that, and uh, especially their inconsistency uh, soon. Remember those infamous T-shirts a few years back that they sold in store? Yeah, I'll get to that in a second, but before I do, this shift in corporate strategy mirrors a broader societal trend where at least 81 councils, as I said before, have moved their citizenship ceremonies away from January 26, following legislative changes from the Albanese Labor government. Yet they changed the law so that local councils didn't have to, if they didn't want to, hold a ceremony, an Australian Day citizenship ceremony on Australia Day. And what did I hear as as Sydney Senator uh, Linda Scott, I think, uh, in the media a few weeks ago or even a week ago, saying that one of the reasons why they've decided not to do it, this is such a crock, was because of the heat. The heat was a concern. What a crock. What a crock. We all know the real reason behind not doing this is because you're bandwagging to the very vocal minority on Twitter. I'll continue. Uh, rising polls. I mentioned that before. Uh, there is rising polls suggesting that Australians want to change the date. But these polls don't indicate that Australians don't want to celebrate Australia Day. People, as far as I'm aware, still want to celebrate it either on January 26 or those 
who are concerned about the historical implications of uh, of January 26 and are okay with the thought of changing the date. I haven't seen anyone out there or any study that says Australia wants to abolish celebrating an Australia Day, a day to celebrate our nation. And, you know, look, from a personal point of view, if that stops this year in, year out debate, then okay, let's change the date. But there has to be a guarantee, an absolute full stop, fully committed guarantee that the following year, even if we change the date, that this whole push against celebrating Australia Day ends. I doubt that. I doubt that because I'll go into some detail of the historical context of Australia Day and the push to to change it. Now, what I also don't get is that anyone can buy the Australia Day flag or Australia Day merchandise anywhere all year long. I know you can't necessarily buy in Woolworths all year long, but I do know that all year long they do sell toys and and the like that have Australian theme to it. So why the ban for Australia Day this year, Woolies? Why? Why Australia Day? Haven't you already, Woolies, annoyed the population enough with recording year-on-year profits during this, and especially during this cost of living crisis, along with continued debate and two, not one, but two Senate inquiries about price gouging from the top supermarkets, which includes ripping off farmers with paddock to plate. And like I said before, let me remind you, if you had forgotten, it was only 2014, yeah, I know, I know, a decade ago, but it only feels like yesterday, that Woolies got themselves in trouble for selling T-shirts saying, if you don't love it, leave. Do you remember that? T-shirts saying, and again, I quote, I'm quoting what was said on the T-shirts. This is not my quote. This is on the T-shirts that Woolies was selling. It said, If you don't love it, leave. Which, of course, people took to social media calling the supermarket chain racist at the time. Of which, at the time, Woolies described the singlets as totally unacceptable and quickly withdrew them from sale, claiming that the items weren't ordered but were delivered by mistake. (laughs) Well done, PR spin team. Well done, PR Spin team. Now, at that time, back in 2014, there was much debate over people stepping away from Australian patriotism. Do you remember (laughs) Triple J's Hottest 100? Yeah, that was in 2017. Do you see what's going on here? Historically, and of late, and when I say of late, in the past decade or so, there has been this push against being proud to be Australian. And I guess this all sort of sort of stemmed and came from the Cronulla riots, which 
being locals here in the Shire, we all remember very well. Even if you're too young to have been alive then, you've heard about it. But since then, and whilst I'm not agreeing with what happened at the Cronulla riots, it was absolutely terrible, but locals will tell you a completely different story to what was being spun in the media. But anyway, since then, it's just been the bandwagoning issue to try and cancel Australia Day. And when one fails, when one one bandwagon issue fails to try and ban the day, another one pops up. And now I'm not saying that each issue that pops up isn't relevant, but it's the motive behind it. Each time a different theme to try and push the agenda of cancelling what it means to be proud to be Australian. An agenda pushed each time to try and fling at the wall and seeing which one sticks to get the majority in support. Well, it hasn't worked for a while. And of course, we saw in the latest referendum that the agenda isn't working. Well, not that the agenda that isn't working was more the policy, but you get my drift. And to all of that, especially Woolworths deciding not to sell Australian Day merch for Australia Day, I say, and pardon my French, stuff it. Stuff it. I am proud to be an Australian. I am proud to live here in Australia. I'm proud of the country we live in and all that this country achieves. And yes, before anyone calls in or reports to call me a racist, I am fully aware that we have a history that has not always been desirable. But we as a country, we learn from our mistakes. We do what we can to rectify and respect and reflect on our history. But my thing is, Australia Day is our national day and the narrative that surrounds changing the date or to cancel it or to belittle what it means for others to celebrate what it means to be an Australian is nothing but an attempt from a very vocal minority trying year on year to gain traction in cancelling what it is to be proud of the country we live in. And I, like many Australians, will enjoy this public holiday and will reflect on the past, remember what happened, learn from it, and do our best, my best, in the future to do better for all and then to celebrate all the good that our country does, not only for the people who live here, but the people who migrate here, and for all the good we do across the globe. And of course, celebrate what a great place it is to live here. All you have to do is travel the world to know just how great a place Australia to, uh, that Australia is to live. And for that, this Australia Day, I will celebrate that. And I hope you do too. But above all, shame on you, Woolies. Terrible decision. An absolute terrible decision to not sell Australia Day merch. Not that I have ever bought Australia Day merch from Woolies, because like I said earlier, it's all 
cheap rubbish that will break the minute you get out of the store. But it's a symbolic meaning behind a company that is very prominent in this country doing something that is very anti this country. Hashtag that as rant over. You're listening to The Troy Murphy Show. Stay tuned. More from The Troy Murphy Show coming up right after this. Whether you're growing older, rehabilitating or living with a disability, help is always here at Ada Care. Our new showroom in Sylvania isn't the only reason people choose AidaCare. It's also the information you gain from a chat with our people. Stay informed about the latest equipment, streamlined procedures and funding options available to you by calling 1300 133 120 or visiting adacare.com.au. AidaCare is a registered NDIS provider, home care supplier and DVA specialist and is a proud sponsor of 2SSR. In Australia, only 13% of people keep fish. 9% of households without a pet and 17% with a pet are interested in keeping fish. The three reasons they don't keep fish are that they think it is harder, more expensive and more time consuming than it is. All three reasons are a myth depending on what setup you choose. A simple tropical setup is actually the easiest and cheapest pet you can get. Pop in and visit us at Majestic Aquarium's Tarrant Point or follow us on our social media and learn how far fish keeping has come in the last few years. Majestic Aquariums are proud sponsors of 2SR. 2SR can help you promote your business with an innovative and inexpensive marketing plan. Our in-house team will help you design a campaign, voice the audio, and give it the professional production values you need. To find out more, call us on 9545 or email info at 2SR.com.au to organise a talk with our experienced marketing team. Hi, it's Kale. Hope you can join me for Friday Night Live every Friday from 7 to 9pm for a mix of pop and indie music, interviews with interesting people and all the music and entertainment news from the Shire, Sydney and beyond. Friday Night Live, 7pm on 2SR 99.7 FM. I'll see you there. You're listening to The Troy Murphy Show on 2SR FM. Now let's take a look at what's happening around our Sutherland Shire. This one is for those with kids these school holidays, especially kids under 12 years old. Sutherland Shire Council is hosting the Obsessed Treasure Hunt on Wednesday the 24th of January at the Hazelhurst Arts Centre from 11am to 1pm where you can embark on a treasure hunt in the Hazelhurst Gardens where you can follow the map to find all the objects and claim your prize. Plus, enjoy roving performances from Imaginary Menage Puppetry. Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. Not only is it a treasure hunt, but it's puppetry too. Two things that I love most, although unfortunately I am not under 12 years old. Maybe I can take the uh, the nieces and the nephew along and enjoy it more than them. I should also point out imaginary menagerie puppetry that is a tongue twister are uh, old friends of mine old friends of mine if you do see the guy walking around he probably would have this really big bushy beard 
His name's Robert Cook. Tell him Troy Murphy from the Troy Murphy Show says hello. There you go. There's your extra little tip uh, if you are going to this obsessed treasure hunt. Booking is essential. You can book online or call 85365700. Can you tell I'm distracted by the puppetry? Oh, what fun. That is the Obsessed Treasure Hunt, Wednesday the 24th of January from 11am to 1pm at the Hazelhurst Arts Centre. And that's what's happening in our glorious Sutherland Shire. Under the CBAA Code 3, General Programming, news, current affairs, documentaries, feature programs and interviews shall provide access to views not adequately represented by other broadcasting sectors. And that's what you get on The Troy Murphy Show. Consider this as this week's public service announcement. Now, even though we're all very tired of hearing about it, Australia is riding a relentless... COVID-19 carousel. And that's all now thanks to the new JN.1 Omicron sub-variant. Sounds like the back reference of a, not a dictionary, what's not a thesaurus, what's encyclopedia. <laughs> this uh, Omicron sub-variant, a very unwelcome guest in our community, is causing hospitalizations to soar in Victoria and New South Wales, surpassing previous peaks. Now, in the wake of Victoria, why is it always Victoria experiencing a rapid rise in cases and hospitalisation? New South Wales is bracing for impact with high COVID-19 activity and a sharp rise in this JN.1 case. Experts are predicting that 2024 will be dominated by this JN1 Omicron variant, overshadowing last year's XBB variants. And despite its rapid spread, this new variant doesn't seem to cause more severe illnesses, which is only a small mercy, perhaps especially for people like myself who are more susceptible to coronavirus. Experts are cautiously optimistic though, predicting a peak in cases without a dramatic rise in hospitalizations, with health authorities reminding everyone to mask up and test often. Although, that's a bit like telling people to bring an umbrella in a hurricane. Mm, covering the big news stories of the week here on The Troy Murphy Show. You're tuned in to The Troy Murphy Show, the most listened to show on 2SSR 99.7 FM. Also in breaking news from the week that really needs more attention than it's received thus far. Uh, hello, state government. What's going on here? A report that was released that alerted the public to the alarming rise in violence and misconduct in New South Wales schools. Yeah, you heard me, schools. In the past year alone, police were summoned for nearly 20,000 times to handle incidents within schools ranging from assault and sexual offences to weapons-related confrontations. 
Disturbingly, this includes an array of weapons from knives to swords to firearms. Firearms in our schools. What is this? The US with an average of 53 police callouts daily. Now, this spike in school violence could be, and I'll just throw in there, could be, but I highly doubt it, uh, attributed to the aftermath of COVID-19, as suggested by one professor, uh, Therese, Therese Cumming from, the, uh, from uh, the University of New South Wales, of which this professor indicates that it is a decline in young people's social skills due to prolonged online interactions. Or here's some personal commentary just to separate the news from the opinion. Is it just that these kids nowadays are out of control? What's going on here? What are they teaching kids at school that is making them going bananas? The statistics are stark. 2,821 assaults, 1,190 cases of malicious damage, and a significant number of assaults that are of the sexual variety, along with drug-related incidents. What's going on at these schools that kids are taking drugs to schools? Out of control. Now, the New South Wales government, hmm, they've responded, and their response includes a new student behaviour policy with no suspension limits, which they hope aims to address these issues. Yeah, good idea. Let's send them home on suspension so they can't be at school. That's, that's, that's such a weak response. Okay, yeah, it gets them out of the school, and it gets the problem out of the school. But what's happening at home? Could issues at home be what's causing this rise in crime in schools? The irony of all this lies in the fact that within all this chaos, aside from one of the solutions being more suspensions, the other solution is more police patrols during school and after school times. All this rather than addressing the root causes of the issues, such as mental health and social skill deterioration. Maybe that's where the focus should be. It's almost as if we've forgotten that schools are meant to be centers of learning, teach mental health and social skills at school rather than making children fear over the latest climate crisis or, as we've reported before here on the show, supporting Palestine without giving historical context of the uh, well, what actually goes on in Palestine and who's running that place. But let's not go down that, that path because we don't want calls of complaint again. <laughs> Schools are a centre of learning. They're not battlegrounds for crime scene investigations. What's going on, New South Wales government? You're failing our kids. Never miss a show. Listen on demand. Listen back to The Troy Murphy Show whenever you like. 
Head to The Troy Murphy Show on the 2SR.com.au website or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Look, I know I uh, bash the Albanese Labor government a lot here on The Troy Murphy Show, but we are the Sutherland Shire's one and only news and opinion talk show. And it's the job of this show to not only report the news, but to keep the government accountable for the idiotic things they do. Remember, watch what they do, not what they say. Point in case, the Albanese Labor government's recent decision to limit updates on immigration detainees to a monthly report has sparked a wave of criticism and accusations of opacity. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese's refusal to disclose if more detainees, potentially including convicted criminals, were released over the summer has fueled the controversy. Remember, these are the criminals released into our community who were on or in permanent detention for their crimes by the High Court overturned that ruling to release them back into our community. Convicted criminals. Well, we've seen, thankfully, only a very small few offenders repeat their abhorrent behaviour, but one is one too many. And this is all because the ministers in charge despite receiving advice, did nothing to ensure that the High Court couldn't release these people, and I use that term very loosely, back into our community, and then of course needed, well, the help of the opposition in coming up with new policy. That was a huge drama we were reporting on last year. This move by the Albanese Labor government contrasts sharply with previous practice where the Australian Border Force provided timely updates on detainees released, not monthly. That's not timely. A lot can happen in a week in politics. The government's rationale for this change, well, it's unclear. Yeah. It's no words, elbow. Uh, Anthony Albanese, our Prime Minister, insists there has been no alteration in information Release, yet the Australian Border Force, the ABF's decision to withhold specific figures and defer to a monthly report. Well, that suggests otherwise, doesn't it? But uh, as of December 7, that's the last time we had a report, a, what's a month ago, 149 detainees have been released. But the number of subsequent releases, well, that remains undisclosed with the Daily Telegraph uh, releasing an exclusive report highlighting that the government will no longer inform the public, get this, about state-level crimes committed by former detainees, leaving such updates to local police. I'll interject here with a uh, an opinion of my own, separating the news from opinion. This is such a... Yeah, let's just wipe our hands clean of this issue so we don't wear the political backlash for the mistake and the disaster that the Albanese Labor government has put on Australia. 
Back to the news. This shift has led to accusations of cover-up from the opposition. James Patterson, one of my favourites in Parliament, uh, the Coalition Home Affairs spokesperson, condemned the delay in information release as a, and I quote, total contempt for transparency, end quote. Furthermore, details on the government's use of the new preventative detention laws and activities of the Community Safety Board established to address detainees remains undisclosed. I tell you what, let's go back to the commentary here. It seems as though the Labour government, in its quest for appropriate timing, has embraced a new strategy. Keeping Australians in suspense like a poorly scripted soap opera. And you know what? A poorly scripted soap opera is the best way to describe the Albanese Labour government, where each episode or monthly report might reveal if your neighbourhood's newest resident is a former detainee or just a regular guy next door. Get in touch. Send an email. Troy.Murphy at 2SR.com.au I tell you what, it's been a big news week this week and I, well, I feel sorry for everyone only just returning to work having to deal with all this political news. So we're sticking with politics for this next segment in what I like to call a classic misdirection from reality. Labor's Chris Bowen came out this week, the Minister for Climate Change and Energy, calling out the opposition leader Peter Dutton to clarify the coalition's stance on the 2023 admissions reduction target, something we signed up under the Abbott government from memory to adhere to. But there's a massive but in this. Can someone please remind the Minister of Climate Change and Energy, Labor's Chris Bowen, that it's his party that is the one that is in government. I think he spent so long in opposition He's forgotten how to transition to actually being in government where it's not the opposition's role to hold policy, but it's actually the government of the day to deliver the policy that they promised that got them elected. Right. Anyway, Bowen's demands come amidst a backdrop of internal coalition disagreement with a fair amount of Liberal MPs reportedly, let's just throw the word in allegedly here, opposing the 2023 admissions reduction target with the Nationals MPs expressing grave reservations to Australia being able to commit to it. And I kind of agree with them. And I'll get to that at the end of this rant when we get to the opinion part. Now, Bowen's ultimatum to Dutton was clear this week. <laughs> Either commit to the 2035 target or risk 
aligning Australia with a handful of countries outside the Paris Accord. A scenario he painted as being regressive and isolating. It's almost as if he's painting the picture and maybe their internal polling suggests so, that they're going to lose the next election and that the opposition, led by Peter Dutton, the coalition, will be in power after the next election. I wonder why else he'd be pressuring uh, Dutton to uh, adhere to the 2035 Admissions Reduction Act. Bowen this week emphasised the importance of transparency of government. Didn't we just talk about this before? Transparency of the Albanese Labour government when it came to reporting the release of detainees? Anyway, looks like the hand's not talking to the puppet master. Accusing the coalition of potentially misleading the Australian public by withholding their climate policy until after the next election. Well, the next election is not until 2025, buddy. There's plenty of time to release policy. He doesn't have to do it this week. Maybe Bowen needs to go back to poly school. It's not the position. It's not up to the party or the opposition, sorry. It is not up to the opposition to have policy until before the election. But it is the role of the government of the day to deliver on the policy that they promised. Labor promised a drastic 2035 emissions reduction target, but they also promised reduced prices in power. We'll get to that shortly. Deputy Leader uh, Susan Lay, on the other hand, she's insisted on presenting the coalition having affordable policies as part of their makeup highlighting energy security and sustainability. She criticised the Labor government's handling of the energy sector in response to Bowen uh, this week, pointing to increasing admissions under Labor's watch and rising power bills. Fair play, but do you think you'll get that in the 6pm news or across mainstream media? No, probably not. They'll just play Bowen's clip that's what our media's like at the moment. Meanwhile, Nationals MPs, including Barnaby Joyce and Matt Canavan, have argued against stringent targets, citing the economic and social impact on regional Australians. The forgotten Australia when it comes to most of Labor's policy. The question, the they question, sorry, they, they question the feasibility of Labor's ambitious targets without considering all available technologies, including nuclear, something we have spoken at length here on the Troy Murphy Show. Now, this political tussle over climate targets and energy policies isn't just a debate about numbers. It's a reflection of the wider ideological divide within Australian politics. On one side, there's a push for ambiguous climate action and on the other, a cautious approach to prioritising economic and social stability, along with a balance of reliable base load power for generations to come. Now, I 
say it every time I raise this subject, but I am not one who disagrees. We have to do something about climate change and we need to join the rest of the world in doing our bit to help, which is, of course, what the climate uh, agreement in Paris that we signed up to was all about. But we need to set reasonable expectations in how we get there and the approach of how we get there and the time frame in which we get there. The current Albanese government's all eggs in one basket approach to renewable energy has seen a dramatic increase in the cost of energy. We're all paying more. And I have the authority to say, and look, well, I'll probably talk about this next week, but I know locally people are reporting a massive increase in power bills up to 50%. We'll talk about that next week here on the show, hopefully. Australia is but 1%, 1% of the global issue. And before people write in and complain, yes, I know our percentage of people per emissions is higher than what it should be, but we are, at the end of the day, 1% of the global issues. And yes, I agree, we must do something about climate and climate change. But we also must have a sensible approach that is in the best interest of all Australians, especially when it comes to guaranteed baseload supply and the costs to build, as well as making sure our environment, you know, the thing that we're trying to save by jumping on board the climate bandwagon, isn't destroyed in the process. It seems the Australian political agenda might just be the only place where the laws of physics are up for debate and where emission targets are as elusive as a kangaroo in a hedge maze. In the end, as the politicians jostle and jibe with this debate, the great Australian public waits. Power bills rising in hand, wondering if the people we elected to run the joint will ever find their way out of their maze. It's like the Albanese Labor government will do anything, absolutely anything and everything they can do to distract from their failures, not only with reaching their target uh, for 2035, and the goals they set for that, but their promise to reduce the price of electricity. Remember, in 2022, at the uh, prior to the the last federal election, $275, $275, $270. We heard that at nauseam, especially during this cost of living crisis. It's great if we go green, but not great if we can't afford to live our basic lives. What's all this called again? Oh yeah, this distraction is called politics. Stick around, coming up next, we'll take a look at Sutherland Shire Local News. It's time to take a look at the news that broke across the Sutherland Shire this week. 
Okay, let's check out what's happening locally in the news. Sutherland Shire families face delays in securing childcare due to a backlog in processing development applications. Over the past two years, 16 applications were submitted, but only five have been approved. The sole approval in 2023 was for the Stepping Stones Early Learning Centre's expansion, addressing the high demand for care, especially for children under two. Challenges in the industry, such as staffing difficulties, impact the expansion and approval process. Council officials emphasise the complexity of addressing childcare centre applications due to their potential impact on residential areas, including traffic and parking concerns. Despite these challenges, demand for council-operated childcare centres remains high. Sutherland Shire Local News. On Boxing Day, a devastating fire originating in the garage severely damaged a family's home in Miranda, leaving it uninhabitable. The adjacent two-storey house sustained damage too. Fortunately, no one was inside either property at the time. Fire and Rescue New South Wales prompted action, averting further destruction. The cause of the fire is under investigation. Sutherland Shire Local News. Quinella Railway Station is set to feature a new fast EV charger in its commuter car park. It's the first in the state. Oatley Station will soon follow. This initiative is part of the rollout of 50 fast chargers across Sydney, facilitated by Jolt and Transport for New South Wales. Jolt provide free 70 kilometre per watt top-ups, enough for about 45 kilometres, with a fee for additional usage. The project aims to boost electric vehicle use alongside public transport. Sutherland Shire Local News. And finally, in local news to sport, where Australian mountain bike champion and local Engadine resident Joni Malecki is about to embark on a challenging 600-kilometre gravel bike journey from Kirui to Threadbow to raise funds for pancreatic cancer research. She aims to complete this trek at the Threadball Cannonball Festival alongside supporting her friend and colleague Luke Callum, who is battling the disease. Jodie is backed by the Darko clothing and local tradesmen. She plans to add to the challenge by hiking Threadbow's peak daily during the festival, dressed, dressed mostly in fancy dress costume. We could all chip in to support her cause. Visit pancare-gi-cancer.raisley.com forward slash Jody-Malecki. And that, my friends, is Sutherland Shire Local News. Stick around because coming up next, we enter the fun stuff at the back of the Troy Murphy Show. Yes, brace yourself. The quick quiz is next with some weird, wacky and wonderful news from around the world. That's next. Stay tuned. More from the Troy Murphy Show coming up right after this. IRT Thomas Holt has been caring for older people for over 50 years. As experts in residential aged care, we specialise in general, respite, dementia and palliative care, providing professional and compassionate care with a personal touch. 
visit one of our aged care centres across the Sutherland Shire, meet our friendly, experienced team and discover the modern facilities and welcoming atmosphere of our community. To book a tour or for more information, visit irtthomasholt.org.au. Proud sponsors of 2SSR. Have you ever thought about the life you want to lead in retirement? How much will you need to save to achieve it? And will your superannuation be enough? A little bit of planning now can help you reach your retirement goals. At GJ Private Wealth, we take a customised approach to your retirement planning. Our expert team of qualified advisors will work with you to understand your personal situation and retirement goals to provide you with a personalised plan to help you get there. Speak to one of our advisors advisors today by calling 02-8539-7999 or visit www.gjprivatewealth.com.au. GJ Private Wealth are authorised representatives of AMP Financial Planning and are proud sponsors of 2SSR. Would you like to be involved in your local not-for-profit radio station? Would you like to become a 2SSR volunteer with the opportunity to be a presenter, provide office support or help with community events? If you would like to be part of the 2SSR family, call us on 9545 1800 or go to our website 2 and click on Membership to download the application form. Keeping it smooth in the Shire for over 20 years. Paul E. Routledge and Smooth Jazz. Will Downing. Gerald Albright. Brand new heavies. Paul E. Routledge and Smooth Jazz. Sunday, 6 p.m. for the drive home on FM 99.7. You're tuned in to The Troy Murphy Show, the most listened to show on 2SSR 99.7 FM. Every day is a celebration and here on the Troy Murphy Show we love to celebrate every day and every day there is something different to celebrate today the 11th day of january is international step in a puddle and splash your friends day sounds juvenile but i'm in for it sadly did not get to celebrate that one today but in hindsight well i probably should have because that would have been a lot of fun. It's also National Girl Hug a Boy Day. So there's still time, ladies, still times to go out to hug a boy, of course, with his consent, because we live in a world where consent is key. Ladies, go and hug a guy, because it's the international day to do so. It is also international Milk Day. This is not one day I will probably celebrate being lactose intolerant, but if you can drink the cow juice, drink the cow juice because it is International Milk Day today, January 11th. Although in saying that, you could drink uh, oak or uh, ilk, even if that made milk, who knows, Uh, or Whatever milk, other milks are there. Coconut, almond, just in case you can't do the the, 
the dairy. And the celebrations continue tomorrow. Here's what you can get ready to celebrate tomorrow, Friday, the 12th day of January. Ah, oh, this is a great one. It's International Work Harder Day. Yeah. All of you out there who don't work very hard, tomorrow's your day to shine. And if you're off to go pick up your medication, tomorrow is National Pharmacist Day. Thank your pharmacist for all they do for you. It's also National Hot Tea Day. Enjoy a cuppa. What's your favourite? Mine would have to be... Oh, a green tea or a Russian caravan. Either which one. Maybe I'll have two cups tomorrow to celebrate National Tea Day. And it's also Kiss a Ginger Day. If you find yourself confronting a redhead or walking past a redhead, give them a kiss, of course, with consent. Don't say that the Troy Movie Show told you to do so. Make sure you get consent first. But redheads... Expect a lot of kisses tomorrow. And that's what we're celebrating today and tomorrow here on the Troy Murphy Show. Stick around because the quick quiz is next. Get social with the Troy Murphy Show. Join the Troy Murphy Show on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. It's time now for the Troy Murphy Show's quick quiz. Ten quick Quiz questions, of which you have three seconds to correctly guess the answer before it is revealed. Are you ready to play? Let's begin. Question number one. What is the full name of the literary, TV and film genre often referred to as sci-fi? The answer, science fiction. Question number two. Something that begins promisingly but fails to last is proverbially, quote, a flash in the what? It is, of course, a flash in the pan. Question number three. Australian war hero Edward Dunlop was commonly known by what nickname? The answer we're looking for is Weary, Weary Dunlop. Question number four. Now, this is a question for one of our regular listeners. We do this often here on The Troy Murphy Show, where we have a question for one of our regular listeners because we know that's one of the topics that they love to answer questions on, and it's all about animals for Lou. Lou and everyone else playing along, a signet is the young of which... Bird. A signet. The answer we're looking for, and Lou, I hope you got this correct, is indeed a swan, which takes us to question number five. What is the official nickname of the Australian women's basketball team? The Australian women's basketball team are the Opals. Question number six. How many dice are used in the game of Yahtzee? A Yahtzee game has five dice. Question number seven. Which car maker produces the Falcon model? 
Car maker, Falcon. Easy one there for you for question seven. The answer, of course, is Ford. Question number eight, as we draw to the end. Where is, this is a trick question, where, well, a difficult question, I should add. It's not here, is the only hint I'll give. Where is the Sea of Tranquility? The location of the Sea of Tranquility is this question. Where is it? Let me know. You got three beeps to guess. The Sea of Tranquility is on the moon. Question number nine. Which character does Vin Diesel voice in the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise? Groot is the answer. I am Groot. And now for the final question on the Troy Murphy Show's weekly quick quiz. What country is the world's largest producer of mangoes? The answer which came to a complete surprise to me is India. And there we have it. That's the quick quiz for this week. How'd you do? Let us know. Hit us up on the Troy Murphy Show Facebook page. Send us a message honestly with how many answers you guessed correct. And I will reply with the emojis of a trophy for the amount you guess correct. It's a fun game we play each week here on the Troy Murphy Show. Thanks for playing. It'll be back again next week for more crazy quick quiz questions. And it's all over just like that. And that's it. The Troy Murphy Show done and dusted for your Thursday night here on 2SR FM. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you missed any part of the show or want to listen back again, you can do so by listening on demand by heading to the 2SR.com.au website and clicking on the Troy Murphy Show on the live program guide. If you see any local news, want us to follow up on a story or are a community or non profit organization based in or servicing the Sutherland Shire and want a shout out, email me direct, troy.murphy at 2SR.com.au. I'll be back next week from 7pm for another edition of the Troy Murphy Show. Until next week, my friends, bye for now. 2SR FM 99.7.